Welcome to Bikini Diaries. I'm Naima Thompson, businesswoman and IFBB bikini professional. Here, you will get the inside scoop from many bikini professionals and myself as we dive deep into the inner core of our triumphs, hardships, and evolution. This podcast was made to inspire, resonate, and enlighten others with all talks bikini in hopes that you never give up on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's talk bikini. Dear Diary. This episode is brought to you guys by Team Boss Bodies. Have you ever wanted to prep for a show but have nowhere to start? Are you that person who has no interest in prepping for a show at all, but you just want to get that really nice bikini bod? Or have you already accomplished your bikini bod and you've already been on stage, but you just want something a little bit more in your prep? You're just really ready to take it to the next level. Are you someone who wants to try a healthy approach to this dieting game? You want individualized attention and someone to be your guide telling you exactly what to do and when to do it and to also be your number one supporter. If you want to feel a part of a community where all of your goals really matter and you're achieving results and the results are actually maintainable, then I am so excited to invite you into the club. Team Boss Bodies is exactly for you. We specialize in women's health. We help women to reach their health and fitness goals. We believe in keeping food as high as possible and cardio as low as possible. We customize your meal plans to your likes and your dislikes. And we also create a plan that is sustainable for your life for the long haul. You also have the option of choosing a more flexible plan if you want to count macros. Each plan includes your training, nutrition, cardio, and supplementation. Plans are adjusted weekly to a bi-weekly basis, and you are checking in twice a week. There's ongoing assessment to target your strengths and your weaknesses, weekly consultations, and ongoing guidance. You get 24-7 access to your coaches through text and email. And let's not forget our perks. We have a Facebook group that's going to help keep you accountable and invite you into a community that loves you and that is on the same journey as you. And team shows to get all of our girls involved. So if this is for you and you're ready to give it a try, you can go to teambossbodies.com slash apply and use the code Bikini Diaries for 15% off your packages. Now let's get into the episode. Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Bikini Diaries podcast. Oh, I am elated because the person that is going to be on today is someone who is very close to my heart, a very close and dear friend of mine, and boy, are we going to do a deep dive on all things mental health. She is a mental health counselor, and we are going to talk about how us as human beings dissect our thoughts and how our way of thinking affects both our personal lives and our fitness journeys as well. We talk about our mental health in season and off season, eating disorders, and ways to overcome disordered thinking 
This is a really strong and powerful episode. I mean, we don't even get through the entire bikini hack because there's just so much depth that goes into this talk that we had and it's just so precious and so many different ways and I can't wait for you to really be present with us and soak it all in. So without further ado, I am so excited and delighted to introduce to you IFBB bikini professional Carolyn Lee. Hi Carolyn, how are you? Hi, um, I'm good. Just waiting to move and, I don't know, posings today and stuff. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just got back from vacation, feeling super refreshed. Ooh, you're probably excited to get back in the gym and get back into a routine and stuff. No, I just want to lay on the couch now. <laughs> or there's <laughs> no, that. Obviously, there's that. See, I've been doing too much of that recently. I'm trying oh, no. to get back into the swing of things. So it's probably me projecting. Definitely. <laughs> psych term there. So, girl, let's get into this bikini hack. Sorry, guys. Me and Carolyn were kind of close, so we're just kind of chatting it up. But um, <laughs> we're going to start with bikini hack, just a series of quick questions to get to know you a little bit better. So tell us, where are you from, Carolyn? So I was originally born in Boston. Um and then moved down to Florida, where I spent, I, I guess, I mean, I've been there ever since I was seven, um, but actually went back up north um, for undergrad, and then moved back to Florida. So I would say that I'm more of a Florida girl than anything. But I mean, girl, I've lived everywhere. I've pretty much tried out the Northeast, obviously, you know, Florida, and then I've actually also lived in California for a brief period. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess you could say like wanderlust, kind of like wanting to see if the grass was truly greener on the other side, kind of. Mm. I guess Is it greener that. over in California? Because I know us fitness girls, we all kind of follow a lot of people from over there. And it just seems like whenever you go to California, shit just starts happening for you. So would you say it was greener on that side? Um, so <laughs> I might be kind of biased just because of my personal experience there. Um, but I feel like the things that maybe turned me off to California and the West Coast um, had more to do with like my other career. So um, psychology, like and education and stuff and being away from my family. In terms of like the fitness culture out there, I mean, girl, it was amazing. There were gyms, I feel like left and right every corner and you know I worked in San Francisco and it was almost like I felt like I could try out a new gym like every week um, wow. yeah so it was a lot of exploring mm -hmm. and I would say that uh, the gym culture out there is much more serious in terms of um, like bodybuilding and working out for aesthetics and whatnot. Um, not to mention they have, I mean, I went to the LA Fit Expo over there, which was cool, but overwhelming. Um, so I would say that California living for, for this sport and for inspiration in this sport, I would say it was amazing. But 
it was super expensive, which I didn't like um, because I'm kind of cheap. And it was just really, it was really far away from my family. Like, that's a different time zone, you know? And it's like all of my people at the time, you know, were in Florida. I mean, you're in Florida. Casey's in Florida. Everyone's over here. So I just kind of felt, I guess, isolated in a way. Yeah. No, I mean, definitely. I would feel that way as well. Yeah. And I mean, I, so when I was out in California, um, I was actually in a doctorate program for psychology and the way it works there, um, at that university, they pick your first internship. So I didn't get to pick and I ended up having to work at a suicide hotline, which I really did not enjoy doing. And to get there, I had to drive literally three hours there and then three hours home. So it was just not my cup of tea. So I just decided, you know, California is not for me, but um, that's why I'm back in Florida and so thankful for everything here. Carolyn, how old are you? I am 26. I don't feel 26, though. (laughs) You feel older or or younger? Um, It's a conundrum, Naima. Well, okay. Physically, like my body, I feel tired. I feel like I'm much older in a way. Um, But in terms of enjoyment and, you know, joy in life and appreciation of the little things, I feel like I'm, I don't know, 16 sometimes. Like going on walks with my dog and noticing like butterflies or stuff like that. So it really depends on the context, I guess. Yeah, I guess. No, I, I feel you on that one. Like some days I just feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like an old lady. <laughs> right. But then I still believe in fairy tales. So I get really excited about like small things and, you know, just still, you know, no kids or anything like that. So it's like, you're still just like living life day to day with, I don't want to say no responsibilities, but less responsibilities, just kind of swinging it. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's really important to be able to live in the moment and I mean they call it like play you know what I mean to be able to be happy live in the moment um, have kind of a playful mindset in order to truly enjoy life and I think one of not to go super deep on you but one of the issues with our society and why maybe you know adults even our generation are so depressed these days is because we don't really have a concept of play. Everything is so work, 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 mm. work, work. No. So, yeah, that's one of the things I guess I am still trying to incorporate in my life today. And I know you told us briefly, but could you repeat like what do you do for a living? Yeah, so um, I do, I guess, like a little kind of mix of everything. Um, I just graduated from Florida Gulf Coast University with my master's in clinical mental health counseling. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Like finally, like 18 billion years later. Um, So excited to be done. Uh, But so my last job was working with um, basically counseling children and adults who have experienced um, sexual abuse. And now Um, After going to a couple schools at my last job and providing services there, I was inspired to apply for my first master's level clinician job now at a school. So essentially, I will work as a counselor, but in a school. And some people might think like, oh, how's that different from a guidance counselor? Well, 
technically guidance counselors can't provide treatment. So they would, you know, it comes into their office and say they're really distraught, something bad happened at home. Um, they would then refer them to me. And I would see these kids like on a, on a weekly or biweekly basis, but at the school so that services are more accessible. Wow, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I, um, I'm really excited. And I think that this, I mean, it's my belief that in order to truly be altruistic and to continue to give and help other people, you kind of almost have to take a little bit. And I know it sounds selfish, but like, I think that doing this and helping other people in this way is going to be so rewarding for me in terms of like that feeling of, heck yes, I just put a smile on my kid's face or, you know, I, I brought someone just a little bit more hope today. That is, I would say, something that I live for, at least through that job. And how many years have you been competing? So competing, <laughs> um, I guess you could say that side of my life, too, is like another work field, too. So um, I've been competing personally, though, since 2015. Um, the first year or so, I did two shows with the help of a personal trainer in Jacksonville. And then, I don't know, girl, like watching YouTube and fucking around in my socks and heels <laughs> trying to learn on my own before I ended up um, meeting a friend who was on the team um, at the time and then introduced me to Casey and then started competing from there, like more seriously, I guess, with Casey. And then I guess time passed and now I am coaching some girls and then get to teach girls how to pose and stuff. That's awesome. And, and when and where did you get your pro card, Carolyn? So I got my pro card last year, so what, 2018 at Nationals in Miami, yeah. Yes, and I was there, and it was such a, an amazing event. Oh, my goodness. So exciting. It, so, it was so perfect. I, it was a long year to come to that point, um, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. Like, I typically don't like having too many, like, people at shows because I don't like – I mean, shows, you know, sometimes can be kind of boring for people who aren't in the sport or understand it. But um, – so that's why I actually didn't really have my family come to any of my shows last year. But I had my mom go to um, nationals. And then she actually also brought my dog. So they were both there. And then all of you guys, you, Kiki, Raquel, Casey, obviously, like you guys were all there to support me. And I don't know. It was it was really it was really special, I think. I thought it was really special. <laughs> it was nice hanging out with your mom, too. She loves you. So it's like, <laughs> her smile is so pretty. <laughs> so, Carolyn, what's your favorite quote that keeps you going? Okay, so this quote has been my favorite quote probably since undergrad um, at BU, and it is, the ritual of art is the cruel law of pain made pleasure. Hmm. So, I mean, to me, what this means is essentially anything worth having is going to be 
a little bit painful. It's going to require some sacrifices. It's going to require hard work. Um, but in the end, you're going to end up with something truly valuable and beautiful in a sense. Name one quality about yourself that makes you a really strong athlete. A strong athlete? Yes. Uh, see, I want to say determination, but I feel like that's so generic. Um, you know what? Okay. I think creativity. Um, I think creativity is probably one of, I don't know, my best qualities in life or as a person in general. Um, as an athlete though, um, I think this applies with, not only like figuring out how to, you know, different ways to get, you know, my conditioning on point, whether it's like trying um, for one of my preps for a show last year, I tried the Spartacus workout, which is like, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard of that show, but I was like, this is going to be fun. Like, so I would turn on like Spartacus on like Netflix and then do the associated workout that like the supposed athletes had to do. Um, but I guess I keep things fun. I keep things interesting um, for posing. Um, as an athlete in this sport. I mean, as you know, it's super important um, presentation in general. And what really inspired me and then also um, kept me on my toes with that was watching different styles of posing, watching posing, not necessarily to copy girls as routines, but to look at their personality, their flair, if you will, and kind of incorporate that into my posing. Um, if if you've ever posed with me, like some of my girls might know that I like, um, I like American poses, but I'm very specific about this. I like European transitions, meaning I like watching how a lot of um, European or, you know, outside of the United States competitors move from the mandatory poses. It's just prettier to watch. So I will be creative in the sense of incorporating those things into both my and then my girls' routines. Yeah, and you're such a phenomenal poser. Like, I didn't even know that that was your inspiration. Now <laughs> it kind of makes me want to go and watch some European poses. Yeah, I mean, it's different. It's funny because, um, you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, like, I hate how, you know, this looks with, you know, arms out and lats spread. Okay, so maybe that pose doesn't do well at a lot of American shows, right? Like, I understand that. But it's more about watching the way they carry themselves or the way that they move. Because if you look at the difference between American posing and European posing, it's it's kind of like night and day. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's completely different. I think the, the girls look very different as well. So my next question would be, like, what keeps you motivated in the sport? Um, you know, that's a, that is a really hard question. I think that motivation for me, and I mean, I'm just speaking from my experience for myself, um, motivation can come, come and go. I don't want to say it's fleeting because the word fleeting has like more of a negative connotation. Um, but I have to be inspired by something. I have to have some sort of goal, uh, set, if that makes sense. So for me last year, it was pretty much like eyes on the prize. I, you know, I want to turn pro. I am not going to stop until this happens, which is what motivated me all throughout last year. 
Um, this year, in terms of competing, I'm not competing this year. <laughs> Maybe next year or the year after. Um, but I'm finding actually that not having you know a set competition goal. Um, it's hard because I'm not, you know, as motivated as I was last year uh, to go to the gym every day or to really, really kick it up a notch in terms of like cardio movements or what, whatever you will. Um, I think for me today, what motivates me to keep going to the gym is trying new exercises. See, it's that creativity aspect coming in. But, like, I'll watch YouTube videos, like, all the time. Um, and it's just trying new things, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, we've talked about it so much how, you know, sometimes it just kind of dies. You know, I'm sure it dies for a lot of people. Um, yeah. And – but there's so many different ways to kind of bring it back, you know, like your creativity, trying different – things as far as like cardio is concerned I know I started CrossFit like just different things to kind of keep you more interested exactly. motivated to basically go back to the core of why you started fitness in the first place you know if that competition isn't there like you really have to think about why you're doing it in the first place and that's when you know you can start doing all these different things to kind of bring it back and find more fun in it you know yeah um for me I think at the core of it, I mean, I I love all the endorphins that working out and like lifting heavy or like pushing yourself to a limit brings. I mean, people say like, oh, working out makes you feel good, but there's actual science behind that. And I don't know. I mean, as you probably know, days when you work out, you feel better about yourself, about everything. Oh, so okay. it's kind of looking at more of working out from a sustainable, like healthy lifestyle aspect, if you will, this year, whereas last year it was so focused on achieving a certain end goal. So what's your why? Why do you compete? I compete because I love challenging myself. Um, and no, I guess you could say like, I really appreciate art in all senses. I don't know if I told you this. No, I didn't tell you this in the beginning. Um, one of my other, I guess, job sources of income is I also am an artist and sell pieces on commission. Um, I draw stuff basically. And um, I like creating stuff. So honestly, the posing and stuff like that is probably one of my favorite aspects of this sport. It is making something that is so I mean, hard looking. I mean, think about it. Like you come and shredded to these shows and I mean, it's semi like a harsh look and then incorporating something that is so different, like really fluid, elegant, like almost ballerina-esque types of posing to balance it out. So I guess I like challenging myself by making really contrasting things just work in general. Um, does that make sense? Oh, definitely. It definitely makes sense. <laughs> and to be completely honest with you, um, I want to say that what really instigated all of this competing and stuff last year was, I mean, I kind of admitted to myself and I also admitted to Casey that I genuinely did not think I could ever turn pro. Like, I thought that 
this is so, <laughs> I really thought that I just, I just couldn't do it. And no matter how hard I try, like it just wasn't, it wasn't for me because, you know, I'm not, I don't have naturally that, you know, real small waist, you know, wider hips and broad shoulders. Um, but then also, I don't know, like it was weird. I almost thought that Case and like, I guess friends were encouraging me to compete because I would be like a challenge case or something. I don't know. Like Casey and I had this long <laughs> talk insane. about this. He was like, you're ridiculous. Obviously, I believe in you. And I mean, come to find out, like now I, I do believe uh, that I could do it. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Last year was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you build up this confidence, like talk to yourself, um, you know, yes, I can. Yes, I can. I am worthy. I can do this. I am undeniable. Self-talk, by the way, was a really big thing for me last year. Um, But, you know, as show to show went on and it's like you keep on missing that pro card by one spot, I think it's it's honestly normal slash natural for anyone's confidence to slightly be like chipped away at a little bit because the question becomes oh my gosh what is you know what's wrong with me like what am I doing that's not good enough and so gradually it's kind of like my head was going back to that beginning of maybe I really just can't do this but I think what kept me going on and on was helping other girls like distracting from myself helping other people with like the creative aspect the posing and um yeah yeah but what made you think in your head that you could actually do it and and at what moment did you think like okay maybe I'm not a case maybe they do believe in me (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I thought that either like no one had really given me evidence of it I guess I don't want to say like my confidence in general was that low, but I would say my confidence in the sport was that low. Um, uh, After the Arnold, I think, after the Arnold, the 2018 Arnold Classic in Ohio, when I placed second, I, I had just had this aha moment, I feel like after where I was like, you know what, maybe I have a chance. Like, why am I selling myself short? Why am I like holding myself back that extra, you know, 1% just to like protect my ego. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was just stupid. No, I mean, I think this is kind of like the little stories we tell ourselves. Um, I don't know how aware people are of basically like their thoughts, but I know that something I'll go throughout my day and I'll I'll literally tell myself all these stories like, oh, that person probably thinks this about me or this about me or these people are going to think that way about me or I think this way because of that, that and the other. And it's it's all made up. It's, it's like yeah. nobody said these things. You know, it's all made up. And I really don't know why we do it. I don't know if it's a defense mechanism or if it's just a way to I have no idea what it is, but it's something that we do very often. We all do it. And I mean, even like, you know, as a mental health counselor, like I should be, you know, quote unquote, like above it, like, and, you know, not having these negative thoughts or thoughts that come in and spiral into these like negative stories, as you will. Um, But I mean, we all 
struggle with that. I mean, it's freaking hard. You can become aware of it, obviously, and that helps in trying to either prove, you know, negative thoughts or stories wrong or come up with alternative, more true statements can be helpful. But sometimes, I mean, as you know, sometimes we just have freaking shit days. And, you know, I don't want to say like sometimes we just need a pity party, but some days I feel like, yeah, you do. You need to cut yourself (laughs) some slack and like either take a break from the gym or, hey, even if it's like a Sunday where you have off and you have the ability to do this, but just sit in your bed all freaking day because maybe that's what you need. Yeah, definitely. So what got you into mental health? Um, a lot of things. Um, so what got me into mental health? Honestly, I had two kind of sides of interest, I guess. Um, obviously, I really enjoy talking with and working with athletes and working kind of from more of like a mental performance kind of positive psychology thing going on. Um, but then also, I guess, personal story wise, um, in what was it? Sixth grade or so, both myself and um, one of my younger sisters, we ended up developing eating disorders as a result of a nanny that we had um, who also modeled. She was basically a horrible influence in our lives and Mm. taught, you know, like one of my sisters to be bulimic. And I mean, I freaking began starving myself. And I ended up seeing a counselor um, in Jacks, Florida, and getting help with like nutrition and whatnot. And obviously, you know, I'm here today, like I'm fine. Um, But I would say that having someone to talk to was, I mean, it saved my life. And it was for me, a moment of complete transparency, I feel like where I could be honest about really like anything I was feeling and not feel alone in that way. Because what I ended up kind of learning was that I had issues with control. Um, And, you know, maybe, maybe I still have some of that today. I think like part of that's also like personality. Um, But I mean, I was upset, I would say at that time in my life because both of my parents were working and I felt like, I felt like I wasn't getting, you know, very much attention. Um, I mean, I know you know, but I don't know if other people know. I, my dad is half Chinese, my mom's white, but we were kind of raised more of, with like an Asian upbringing. So we didn't really do like the flowery hugs and kisses and all of that. And um, it was more like, you know, you only received love if, you know, you achieve something if you did well in a sport or if you got an A on a paper. And I mean, I think that I freaked myself out, like, and felt like I didn't have control over anything. And so I took it out on my body, to be honest. I mean, it was the perfect storm because, you know, all of that and all of the pressure that I felt like my family had put on me combined with the babysitter who clearly like had some issues herself, it created a perfect storm. And, you know, like when you're in that awkward puberty stage, um, your teenage years, you don't know that something is right or wrong. It's just, you know, that you're totally out of control and you need an outlet to, I guess, 
take it out on. And seeing that counselor then was, I guess, opening the gateway to building an awareness of these things. And life doesn't have to be so frustrating and pent up. Um, and I learned that talking about it really, really can help. Definitely. Do you feel like, you know, now that you're older, do you feel like you still have the same like tendencies or do you feel like you're completely cured from the things in your past? Um, so this turns into, I guess, the conversation of what does recovery look like? I think I think that some of it for me, at least personally, is, I mean, it's my personality. It's also like the way I was raised, but I think we all have certain tendencies and being aware of them is more healthy than not because we can find healthier ways to channel them. Like I would say for me, I, I honestly like kind of am a control freak. Um, in terms of like, <laughs> obviously like food sometimes, like time. Um, I like having plans rather than just like, you know, winging Wing a day off or something. Um, but I realized that, you know, I don't need to punish myself for that, which is what I felt like I was kind of doing, um, you know, when I was diagnosed with anorexia back in the day. Um I guess I've learned since then, obviously my personality is still the same, but I've learned to chat, like to channel that, that I guess, um, that control aspect in healthier ways. Um, I feel like with, you know, feeling like I need to control something also kind of runs parallel with my work ethic and like determination. And so channeling it in that sense and really kind of, bolstering my confidence with like trying to, you know, take my education to the fullest and be able to help people and, you know, turn pro with competing. And I feel like I channeled it in a healthier way, but I still feel like I have some tendencies, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely made sense. And, and then you, I mean, you started competing. Do you feel like, this is going to be like a really off question, but do you, do you feel like, the fact that you had such control over, you know, the way you ate before made you, I guess, a stronger competitor because, you know, in competing, we have to restrict our calories. We have yeah. to be very, I guess, kind of like a control freak. Do you feel like this is kind of one of the reasons why you were so good at it? Um, I, you know... I think it was more my determination or obsession to to win. I know it, that sounds weird, but I really don't know how to answer that question because I don't want to say that like someone coming into the sport having, you know, previously had an eating disorder is going to be more successful than someone who hasn't. Um, from a personality standpoint, probably yes would be the answer. But from, I guess, just like a mental health standpoint, like knowing what I know, um, it's not the healthiest. 
<laughs> that's just my personal opinion. But for me, with my experience, I noticed that I guess the, you know, little mini prep brain mind fucks that you kind of go through. Um, for me last year, it wasn't really about, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same as the type of controlling that I felt like I was when I was younger. It was more so an obsession with wanting to win, wanting oh. to reach an end goal, I would say. That, that makes sense. Like it's completely different. Um, I feel like uh, – I mean I don't, I don't know. I think when I was younger, I – remembered one of the reasons why I like dieting and going to the gym so much is because I it was the one thing in my life that I could control. I remember thinking yeah. that. I'm like, you know what? I, you know, life is tough, but I know one thing I can do is I I can eat a certain way and I can work out. Like these are things that I can control. So let mm -hmm. me control these and let me be, you know, whomever I want to be. So I think like having that sense of I mean, I never you know ha had any kind of disorder of any kind, but I know like I, at a young age, I instantly wanted to, you know, start counting calories or, you know, doing those things that I saw my mom do when I was younger. And I think that that kind of attracted me to this kind of sport because, you know, in the sport you are doing those things. And because I had did them at such a young age, I felt like, oh, this is something I can do, you know, like, hey, I can yeah. do this shit. I've been doing this for a while. Like I, I might actually be good at it, you know, um, but I mean, I'm not going to say either like there is any correlation. I'm just saying like I think that sometimes it can kind of, you know, draw an interest if, you know, food is something that you, I guess, have kind of dealt with in the past like con or control, a sense of controls when it comes to nutrition or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, kind of interesting, you know, because I mean – the sport in general and you talk about, you know, health or eating disorders or, you know, it's just kind of interesting to see how everything kind of correlates, you know. Um, I know. Everything is kind of a double-edged sword. I don't yeah. know. Like, because, you know, some who – or, okay, like certain colleagues I feel like that I have in like the mental health field would flat out say, okay, like this person has had an eating disorder heck no, they shouldn't be bodybuilding. Heck no, they shouldn't be competing. Um, from them, I mean, I understand, like, bodybuilding could be a trigger. It could be a way for someone to continue an addiction with a different outlet in a way. However, I feel like being also someone who's involved in the competing world, like, itself, and then also having gone through issues with food and eating or whatnot in the past – it's almost like, I don't want to say picking the lesser of two evils, but it's a sustainable, like healthier way to um, provide a sense of control for someone. Because at oh, the yeah. core of it, you know, if someone is really, you know, just someone struggles with, with something, they need an outlet and working out and, you know, food can be a healthy thing. Sure. Like, um, dieting for like your whole life obviously is not going to be the healthiest thing mm -hmm. but is it better than you know starving yourself where like people with anorexia like 10% of no yeah I think like over 10% of people who are diagnosed with anorexia actually die it's it's like picking the lesser of two evils mm. yeah definitely so you know in getting your master's degree what are some basic principles you've learned 
um, while obtaining your degree that may actually pertain to bodybuilding? Um, I would say self, a lot of stuff with self-talk and visualization for one, um, in terms of like practicing posing specifically with visualization, like studies literally show that, you know, imagining yourself doing like a routine or playing tennis or I don't know, making the goal or touchdown or whatever, imagining yourself succeeding and doing that actually produces, at least mentally um, produces the same chemical result as if you were to physically practice that sport. So I think that practicing isn't necessarily always just being, okay, in my heels, like in a gym, walking around doing my routine. It's also like just thinking about it and stuff too. Um, so it kind of like doubles your practicing, if you will. Yep. And definitely. So that, the so visualization, I would say, <clears throat> you know, you were talking about thought stopping and like kind of like negative spirals earlier. That is, I guess, something that I really struggled with last year. So for me, it was the way I dealt with that was self-talk. And almost having, like, <laughs> I think this is the wrong word we're saying, but like pre-programmed phrases that I would kind of just think in my head to kind of counteract or take up that space that some of the negative ones would be. Mm. So, for example, I don't know, like the common one of, you know, I can't do this or I'm too tired today. I would, it sounds crazy, but I would just jump into my, I guess, counselor mode for myself and just be like, no, you can do this. You are capable. You are worthy. You are undeniable. You are going to do this. And there would be some, I don't know, cardio sessions or lifts where literally I would be thinking that in my head the entire freaking session. <laughs> because I kind of had to to keep on going otherwise I would just give up oh no and, I've I've been there too <laughs> right so it sounds crazy but sometimes like you just need to distract yourself but after a certain period of time you know the moment or hour or day passes and then hey you kept on going so hmm. so visualization stuff with self-talk and thoughts um I think also, I mean, as we were talking about earlier, certain qualities that, you know, a person has that could be negative, I think could be swung into a positive. And that's something that, you know, being involved in mental health has really taught me. Mm -hmm. um, finding outlets for people and kind of working with resistance, if you will. Does that make sense? Like, if clearly something's not working and you're struggling with um, anxiety or an eating disorder or whatever, maybe people just need to change the way they think about recovery. Maybe recovery isn't going to be completely getting rid of, you know, whatever issue they have. Um, I, it's kind of, it's called like a harm reduction model, but it's kind of working with the, the issue and swinging it into a positive as opposed to just trying to get rid of the issue, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And these are great tactics we can use while we're in season. However, what about when we're in our off season? 
what can we do to kind of strengthen our mentality in our off season? Strengthen our mentality to every like, like post show blues. Well, let's talk about weight gain. Oh gosh, yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that one is so prevalent in the sport. I mean, I was just talking to someone before we started um, the the interview. You know, uh, this client. She was like, you know, I'm gaining weight, and I can't believe like every single year I gain more and more weight. And she's like, I love the sport, but. I don't want to I don't want to do it if it keeps resulting in more weight gain. <laughs> and so um you know, I mean, I can kind of relate. I feel the same way like every year I've gained more weight, but I've also kind of you know, done a little bit of research and changed my way of thinking about it. And I was yeah. curious just like, you know, you're the mental health counselor. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, there's, several the avenues. <laughs> there's several avenues I feel like I could go with answering this. Um, first and foremost, I guess my thoughts, like as a coach, at least go to, well, why, you know, why is the weight gain happening so much more than before? Because that could be a result of like disordered eating or, you know, um, body dysmorphia, whatever. So there's that kind of route, which would lead us down a whole nother rabbit hole. Then I guess with my experience, like coming out of show prep this year, for me, it was kind of like coming to terms with the fact that I feel like myself and probably a lot of other women um, in today's society feel like they might confuse body esteem with self-esteem. Does that make sense? Like, can you elaborate on that one? Having a feeling like all of your eggs are in one basket or that all of your self-esteem honestly come from the way that your body looks. Hmm. And a lot of times people talk about, oh, I have low self-confidence. I have, you know, poor self-esteem. The majority of the time you'll find that what they're actually referring to is what they look like. Because then when you ask them, you know, what are you good at? What are your hobbies? What do you like? Oh, a smile pops on their face. Their face lights up. So I think a lot of people kind of confuse the two. Like self-esteem is actually a much more broad concept. And for me, it was kind of coming to terms that, okay, I am getting too much of my overall self-esteem from my body esteem, from what I look like. And kind of like you were saying, thinking about it differently and being like, okay, the way my body looks right now is only a part of who I am. There are so many other qualities about myself that I like. Mm-hmm. So I guess it boils down to in off season, like self-love and kind of knowing, knowing yourself and what you have to offer and understanding that it's, it's not just what you look like. It's not just the number on the scale. Oh, definitely. I think one of the things that really helped me was that I, you know, went and got my body fat checked, my body fat percentage. And I kind of compared it to like, you know, previous years. And I'm like, well, if my body fat percentage is the same, then clearly, you know, I could be, it could be just a a large increase in muscle, you know, every single year you're putting on more and more muscle and being comfortable with seeing that percentage, that same percentage of body fat on more muscle, you have to be comfortable with what that looks like and realize yeah. that that's going to be 
more weight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean that you did anything differently or worse, but you know, those things are going to be, you have to take those things into account for sure. I mean, that was one of the things I did. I was like, let me research this. Why, why does she keep happening? And then also, <laughs> you know, just not taking breaks, you know, if you're not taking breaks and letting your body heal itself, then I mean, I think that that can happen as well. But I mean, I love the the tactic you said um, to kind of help us with our with our mentality in the off season. I think you um, did a really good thing, though. It's almost like finding uh, finding a different way to me- measure progress because maybe the the way you had been using the measurement of like you know weight and the scale is a good measure going from show to show. But in the off season, you're right. It's it's not going to be the same as it was before because you have so much more muscle. So jumping to the measurement of body fat is it helps you understand more. Yeah, I mean like research I think, in general. Yes, exactly. Like before jumping to conclusions, trying to find some answers. Um, I think a a really important thing though for like off season and stuff would be to stop it with the comparisons and. When I say that, you know, I don't mean it as what most people would expect, like, you know, comparing to other people's social medias, whatever. Stop making comparisons with our previous selves, with our previous preps. I mean, as you said, like your off season now looks completely different from your off season before. Mm-hmm. So why why compare it? Because it's not the same circumstances. Okay. So when I say during an off season, a healthy thing to do is not you know, maybe not scroll through your pictures in your phone and look at, you know, the days when you're super shredded if it makes you upset. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. And it's so funny because we remember we did the mirror challenge. I mentioned on one of the episodes that we did that. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I'm not going to look in the mirror for I think it was like two weeks, which I completely failed, by the way. <laughs> it was one week. I did oh, it. Was one it was one week. Okay. Yeah. I failed. But Um, I got annoyed because I mean, personally, I wanted to do it because that was something I was doing. I'd constantly check myself in the mirror and I would pose. And what I was doing was I was comparing myself to my stage. So I'd look and I'm like, anytime that I look close, I'm like, okay, I don't look too far off. I'm going to have a good day. I would base that on like what kind of day I was going to have. And then if there were days where I just like didn't look as great, all of a sudden my mood changed. I'm like, this is not healthy. Uh, Like, What is this really like? one perception of one image in a certain, you know, like lighting, you know, turned to one side, like it's so silly, you know? So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do the challenge, but can you share with us like one of the reasons why you decided to do the challenge and actually come up with the challenge? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for me, I find that, you know, I have, I have a lot of good qualities, I guess, that like make me a strong competitor or athlete in the sport. But I also have a lot of weird tendencies too that I feel like can make me get in my own way. Like I think I posted about this earlier, but you know, being obsessed with something can be a strength, but it can also be a complete weakness. And being obsessed with, you know, how, I guess being obsessed with working towards a goal was beneficial last year because I was trying so hard to get that pro card, right? But this year, having channeling that, you know, obsession, that drive to like my physical appearance and body image now during an off season, it's irrelevant. It's only hurting me. It's only making me, you know, in a sour mood, like you were saying, only setting 
my day um, in more of a negative negative tone. Um, so I guess I kind of wanted to try that challenge so that I was taking away a trigger that I knew would kind of ruin my day and then allowing myself then to use that extra energy um, to channel it into art, to channel it into my drawing, to channel it into doing, you know, more posings with other girls, basically other things that make me me and make my life worthwhile. Wow. And, and what did you find like after the week? Like what did, did you feel any different? Did you feel like you had more energy to do that? I did for real. Um, because there was so much, there was so much less negative self-talk, which, you know, can sometimes take up a lot of space in your mind. Um, I felt like I had more energy. I felt like I was actually more motivated in the gym because I wasn't trying to, you know, look at or look a certain way or, you know, worry about what I was looking like. Um, so yeah, I was definitely more motivated in the gym, had more energy for, I mean, just stuff in general, I feel like. And before I knew it, like, I feel like I also like had lost some weight too. I mean, I wasn't like outwardly trying to, but you know, the next week after, like, I realized like, okay, I have the power to do this. Um, I'm like, okay, wait, I have like a little bit of abs again. So it's almost like the progress occurred when I stopped obsessing about it. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I was telling the client. I told her, I was said, you know, your body's been through so much. Like, you know, you're in prep, like you're doing all this. Well, unfortunately she was with a different coach. She was doing like three hours of cardio a day and, you know, then she stopped and I said, well, of course your body's going to want to put on the weight because it's protecting itself. It's been in this state where it's starving and, <clears throat> you know, all of this, all of these things. So you just have to give your body time to just kind of relax. And not only, not, I'm not saying like, you know, don't do cardio and don't work out and just eat what you want, but just like mentally take a break, like mentally yeah. speak yourself, like, hey, I'm not stepping on stage for a while, like next year. So from now between the time that I actually have to start prep, like we are going to just get in a nice routine. We're not going to think about how we look. We're just going to, you know, just live life and just give your body that mental break because that like when you're mentally stressing, like that puts stressors on your body. And that's and that can cause you from, you know, seeing the results you want and just feeling like crap and just so sad and and depressed all the time. You know, exactly. You just yeah. have to heal yourself, like get rid of all of the all of the uh, what are they shackles that you put on yourself? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of let yourself breathe. It's a different point in your life, you know. Like it's not we can't. I mean, like we can't live with the mindset that you have to have like in an on season or like while competing. It's it, that's unhealthy to go through life with that mindset. I would say. I mean, I'm not talking about physically, by the way, because hey, there are tons of girls out there who like make this a lifestyle and do it so healthfully. You know, there are some girls out there doing this show to show and it's great and dandy. Um, where I worry, though, is not with, you know, the cardio or, you know, food or whatever. I mean, obviously, it's a concern. But what I worry even more so is with the mental state of those athletes, because you're right, like we put all these shackles on ourselves and so much stress. And I can't imagine, at least myself personally, going through my entire life like that. I feel like it would take away um, 
all of the love that I have for the sport. So part of this sport, I feel like, is taking breaks. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of want to talk to you about, like, last year and how that went for you because, I mean, you did, what, like, six shows last year trying to get your pro card? I think it was seven. Yeah. Seven shows. Wow. And then you – almost came you almost got your pro card like I think four times you were second place yeah (laughs) how did that feel for you because I I know so many people like you know they do their first show they're like man I didn't get it and they're you know they're they're miserable or they're hurt and I'm like listen like you literally did like seven shows and you know you almost got your pro card like four times you came in second place just one away how did you deal with that um Okay, so I think going into last year, I I didn't have the mindset of like, you know, I I need to win like my first time. I feel like I came into this like understanding that, hey, you know, I look good and I'm proud of myself, but there's a lot of girls out there that look really good. And I was okay with, you know, not winning and coming, you know, another top placer, the first and second show or so that I did. But I feel like after a certain point, (laughs) you know, after missing your pro card two or three times in a row, it's like, it's a mind fuck. Like I honest, okay. So honest to God, like, I think it was after, or it was, uh, Vegas. So USA is where, I, I had a brain fart on stage. Like my, my heels were getting stuck in, I think it was like fake turf or something. Mm-hmm. My pin on stage kept on falling off. Um, I was lucky I placed third, but after I walked off stage, found out I placed third was, you know, really upset obviously with my posing and performance because that's something I really do take pride in. Um, I had a breakdown. I'm not even going to lie. Like I wouldn't say that like I, am someone who is, you know, poor me, whatever, pity party, like, I don't know. But after I got off stage, it was like, oh my God, what the heck? I think it was, um, I just had a moment and I think that we all have them. Um, I, so I ended up crying and after like, I don't know, like 30 minutes or so and just kind of like talking to my mom, you kind of, I guess, snap back into reality and you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, you know, why am I so upset right now? Like, I'm, I placed third. Yeah, I posed like shit. I, sh- I don't even deserve third, you know? And it's still, it's still a top placing. It, like, I just realized I was so freaking hard on myself. And I almost feel like after that show and having that little mini like mental break, if you were there, I'm sorry, Shannon, Lacey, <laughs> me crying. Um, <laughs> after I feel like I needed that break to kind of almost like snap my my headspace back into reality so that I could continue like the rest of the shows that I competed in the rest of the year and what I realized is that you know I was able to go into those shows with a calmer headspace and I would say that I was the calmest actually going into Miami Nationals ironically the show that I like won my pro card at Always happens that way, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like what? Mm-hmm. So what made you – like why didn't you want to jump right into your pro debut after winning your pro card? <laughs> well, I wanted to. But, um, I mean, 
I had probably the hardest semester um, of my life in terms of like school um, last semester. So it literally, it would not have been possible to finish out my master's program while doing that. Um, plus, I mean, there's, I was applying for jobs and stuff. Uh, it just, it wasn't feasible. So I guess you could say I channeled the energy that I had used for like, you know, competing and getting my pro card more so into my other career and getting a job. Yeah, which you actually accomplished. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. And I, I think some people forget about the real the real world, you know, after, you know, after competing for so long, they just forget about all their other goals and all their other dreams and stuff like that. And I feel like you really can't, you know, you kind of have to you know, balance it all and just kind of enjoy your time off. And I mean, you've had quite a bit of time off. And what what have you like now that you've had all of this time, like to reflect, what have you come to discover about like your journey? Um, or about the sport, like on the outside looking in? I guess I'm, the most profound thing that I've learned is that I'm I honestly, I prefer being on the outside looking in. I, I experience more joy by helping other girls, whether it's backstage or through FaceTime, get on stage and see like how happy it makes them than actually myself competing. Hmm. So I don't want to say I'm never going to compete again, (laughs) but I do want to say that at this point in my life, I get way more joy from helping other girls get on stage than actually like stressing myself out, um, putting myself on stage. Hmm. Quite interesting. And, and exactly, I mean, obviously I would ask you why boss bodies. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) But I feel like, you know, you and Casey are best friends. Um, what are some of the things that you love about being a part of boss bodies? Um, the sense of community, the fact that, I feel like I have so many close relationships with people that, you know, I wouldn't have met otherwise. People who are in all different spheres of life, people who are in all different career paths. Um, And it's like bodybuilding and Team Boss Bodies was the thing that kind of, I guess it was the the glue bringing us like all together. Um, I feel like there is just no cattiness and there's just true like love and support between, you know, coaches, between athletes and coaches, athletes and athletes. Um, I feel like the community that we have here with Team Boss Bodies is just so freaking positive. And in a sport where, you know, undoubtedly, like you're competing with each other, it's an individual sport, not a, you know what I mean? Oh, you definitely. Need, you need an environment that is almost like just super, super loving to balance it out. Otherwise, like, it's not fun anymore if it's just so cutthroat and, you know. So I think that having a team or being on a team like the one we're on is what makes this sport so enjoyable and so um, so sustainable. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Like, I I love being on this team and, like, I, I realize that, like – when I started opening up to like you and so many other people, it just, I don't know, this last year was just so much more fulfilling for me. It was probably one of the most fulfilling years I ever had, you know, just because you're connecting with people who are doing the same thing you're doing, you know, 
and yeah. they kind of get you. And and you can be like more open and more real and honest about like your feelings because they probably <laughs> usually have the same <laughs> the same feelings as well. Yeah, exactly. So it, it and it helps. Yeah, and like can give you maybe tips on like how to deal with shitty situations because let's get real, life is hard in general. And then going through life and like the normal challenges you experience on top of, you know, the competing, it's just a lot. It is a lot. And so leaning on each other and like giving each other like, you know, a helping hand whenever is just, it's making life better for all of us. So you did say that you may step on stage again. Um, I think it's more so <laughs> that I, 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 I think I want to compete again. I just don't know when. Like, I know that I'm not – I know that when I compete again, I want to compete to win. I want to compete to, for, like, a top five placing. I don't want to just jump on a stage, you know, now because I don't have the time right now. Like I'm going to be starting a new job. I'm going to be moving. Um, I'm just picking up my life and kind of dealing with a lot of other things. And I know I wouldn't have the energy and like mental space to truly do what I want to in the sport, in the sport, especially at the pro level right now. And I guess I just don't know when I will have that again. All right, girl. Well, we will be following your journey to see if you ever hit the stage. (laughs) Hey, at least I'm honest. (laughs) Oh, no, I love it. Like, I mean, it's great. I mean, some people, they, they, I mean, everybody's so different. I remember Tana, she literally left for like six years and came back and like won a show and went to the Olympia. Like, I mean, everybody is so different, you know, like, yeah. Everyone needs like their own time and um and they just need to do what is going to make them happy, you know? Like what's going to make you happy right now? Like I've definitely been changing a lot about like my life. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to focus on what's happening next year. I want to focus on today cuz today is all I have. Yeah. So, I've just been every day is all about like what can I do to make myself happy today? <laughs> so or like and even if, like, you are happy, like, in any given moment, it's, like, how can I be happier? Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So we are coming to the Bikini Diaries question. And you can answer this question any which way that you would like. Okay. If there was one thing you could confess, whether it be good or bad, about your experiences as a competitor – Fill in the blank, dear diary. I could never follow a diet. <laughs> I, I think, I think most people do know this though, but it is a confession. Like I, so it's funny, like I'm a control freak and it shows even in the way I diet, like in terms of like the way I do it, I could never Naima follow a meal plan. Like, I couldn't even follow it for one fucking day. Like, if I said I could follow it for a day, that would be me lying. Um, But working around that with macros and being able to control what foods I, like, you know, eat to fit my numbers made this sport possible for me, honestly. Because if, I guess, if the technique of, like, macros and, like, hitting certain numbers didn't exist, I would not 
be in the sport at all. Mm. Well, thank you for your confession. (laughs) (laughs) And if there was one piece of advice that you could give to someone wanting to become a professional in the sport, what would you give them? Don't, don't get, um, what's it called? Don't get feedback or don't take the feedback that you hear from too many people because sometimes too many people at once telling you um, all different types of things to change or fix or to improve can be super overwhelming. And honestly, if you change too much, things aren't going to work. So I guess my piece of advice would be to keep on doing what works, whether it be like the suit color you choose or your hair or your posing routine, keep what works and only change the necessary things, the things you need to work on. Thank you so much, Carolyn. If we wanted to follow you and learn more things about macros, (laughs) (laughs) where could we follow you? And Um, mental health, of course. (laughs) so I guess I mean on Instagram it's caro underscore the underscore cat um and then I mean I don't really know about the mental health stuff (laughs) but um tbd on that uh I don't have a website or um profile on psychology today yet but hopefully we'll soon awesome well we'll just like chat you up in the dms if we have any questions okay (laughs) thank you so much for being on today Thank you for having me. Yay. If you love this episode, just as much as I love this episode, and you know someone who may love this episode, just as much as you and I loved this episode, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you could help me help others. So please, if you loved it, it takes 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review and share with all of your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And always remember to never give up on your dreams.